So let's get into the story. Verse 1, it says, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damin between Soko and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled in camp in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. So what we have here is that the Philistines have marched their way into Israelite territory. And for you kids who may not know this, uh, in this story, the Israelites are the good guys, the Philistines are the bad guys. So when you hear those two names, that's what we're talking about. But here's kind of a picture, a real life picture of the, the area that we're talking about. But you, you heard about the town of Soko. That's where the Philistine camp set up their camp. They were camping on this side of the hill. And the Israelite camp was camped out on this side of the hill. And there's the Elah Valley. We're going to talk about a little stream, but there you follow that little, that little tree line is the stream that runs through the valley. Uh, I think it just runs during rainy season. But here is the city of Gath, and that's where the Philistines are from. So they would have marched all the way around here and set up camp here to attack the Israelites. So there's kind of a visual that you can keep in your mind for the story. Verse 4, a giant nearly 10 feet tall stepped out from the Philistine line into the open, Goliath from Gath. He had a bronze helmet on his head and was dressed in armor. 126 pounds of it. He wore bronze shin guards, carried a bronze sword. His spear was like a fence rail. The spear tip alone weighed over 15 pounds, and his shield bearer walked ahead of him. Okay, let's take a few moments to describe this guy and get a picture of what this Goliath dude actually looked like. First of all, how many of you guys play soccer? Do you wear shin guards? Are they bronze? No. This dude wore bronze shin guards, these big metal shin guards to protect his shins. Not only that, he wore a bronze helmet, which would have been pretty heavy. But if you look at what it says there in the thing, it said that he had a bronze sword. Now, I duct taped something a little longer on this little short weenie sword I have. But it would have been all bronze, a pretty heavy sword that he would have held with that. And it says that he had a coat of armor that weighed 126 pounds. Okay? Now, 126 pounds, I put an Olympic bar here with some weights here, and this is 125 pounds, so it's one pound shy. But this would have been what he would have put on his chest. So literally, you got to keep in mind that Goliath, when he would go to war, he would pluck up his little coat, you know, put it on, and he'd wear it, and he'd walk around, and this is what he'd be running with, you know, with this little coat. Imagine that. I mean, this would smash us normal, normal people if we had to carry it, but that's what he wore. It also says that he was almost 10 feet tall. Now, I'm 6'3", and you add this, I'm close to 8-something here. But he would have been taller than this. But imagine you walking up to this dude, carrying this, you know, oh, and another thing. He he says he had a spear like a fence rail, and he had a 15-pound spear tip. This is all I could come up with with the spear tip. (laughs) But imagine throwing that sucker. This is amazing. But that's what he would have been. And imagine having that guy show up, just boom, 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 wearing all that. Incredible. Okay, 
So needless to say, this dude was huge. I'm not used to weightlifting while I <laughs> preach. Anyways, it says in Scripture that he was a champion. Now, what a champion means is that sometimes when the armies would come together, one army would send out their top fighter, and this army would send out their top fighter. Those guys are called champions. They would end up fighting, and whoever would win that fight would decide the war so that all the soldiers wouldn't have to die and kill themselves. They would just have two people fight to the very death. That's what Goliath was. He was a champion. All right, let's look at what Goliath did. Verse 8. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. And if he is able to fight and kill me, we'll become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. This huge giant of a man called Goliath comes to the front of the battle lines and he shouts out to the Israelite army, Hey, you bunch of pansies. Rather than all of us fight, how about you send one of your guys over to fight me and if he wins, then we'll serve you. But if I win, then you serve us. Come on. See what you got. And then, to make matters where he kind of stirs the pot a little more, talks a little bit more smack, and he goes, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. Come on, send one of your men. Let's, let's have a fight. Now, how do you think the Israelite army responded to this? Do you think the soldiers were like, oh boy, hold me back. I'm going to take you down, you little punk. How dare you talk to us that way? You think they were like that? Well, let's see what they were like. Verse 11, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all of the Israelites, now Saul's the king, and all of the Israelites were dismayed and what? Terrified. They were terrified. I mean, this guy terrified them. Everyone was scared to death. And seriously, I mean, it makes sense. Why wouldn't you be? This guy was huge. There was no way any regular man could take this guy on. He was huge. He was strong. He was powerful. Who would dare face him? So you can understand how everyone would have felt. Well, guess what? Check this out. Verse 16. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and every evening and took his stand. Day in... And day out, in the morning and in the evening, Goliath came out and he taunted the Israelites for 40 days. This is what they woke up to. This is what they went to bed to. Now, can you imagine what that would have been like? Every day, the enemy coming out and telling you, you're a loser. You're going to die. You're nothing. Come on, just you try and come and fight me. I will beat you down. Day in and day out. Day in and day out. And you look across the valley and you see this giant of a man with weapons that are impossible to overcome. Imagine how demoralizing that would have been as a soldier. How discouraged you would be. And you know, I've come to realize that life is a lot like that, isn't it? Every single one of us at different times in our life, we have or we are 
facing a Goliath. We, we, we all face huge adversaries in our life. Something that is coming against us day in and day out. And it's different for all of us. For some, it may be cancer. For some, it may be a debilitating disease. For some, it may be children who are making horrible choices in their life. For some, it may be a horrible marriage. For some, it may be the loss of a job. For some, it may be debt that is burying you. All sorts of Goliaths. And like the Israelite army, you face this day in and day out. And it taunts you. And it makes fun of you. And it challenges you. And it defies you. And it tells you crazy things like, oh, you deserve this disease. God is punishing you for this disease. It tells you that you're a loser, that you're a failure. You're a terrible wife. You're a terrible husband. You're a terrible mother. You're a terrible father. You're horrible with money. You are a loser. And you wake up hearing these voices and you go to sleep hearing these voices, and it's always there every day, waking up to the same giant, the same enemy, the same circumstance. And the problem is that when you've heard this long enough, guess what? You start to believe it. You actually start to believe that you can't win. It's impossible. It has its chains wrapped around you, and you can't escape. And hearing this for so long, you actually believe it. And what you see all around you in the seen world is is horrible and it's disheartening and and it's impossible. And the problem is you start to pay more attention to the seen world around you than you do the unseen. And there are days, you know what I'm talking about. There are days where it seems like giving up is the only option you have. Because it's an impossible situation. And there are, there are some of you here today who you're in this right now. You're facing a Goliath right now. Well, that's what these soldiers are facing. It's impossible. It's an impossible situation. And here's where our hero of faith comes into the story. A guy by the name of Jesse has eight sons. And three of those sons are actually in Saul's army. They are in the battle. They are there hearing Goliath day in and day out, you know, taunt them. But Jesse has another son by the name of David. And David happened to be the youngest of all the brothers. He was the baby of the family. How many of you guys are the baby of the family? All right. It's like filling up the third service. We like to sleep in, don't we? Power to the babies. I'm a baby too. Well, David was the youngest brother, and his job was to watch the sheep for, for, for dad, for, for his family. He was a shepherd, and he would go out into the countryside, and he would take care of his family's sheep. And as a young boy, that was his job. Well, one day, his dad calls him, and he tells him this. He says, David, take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit and see how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Here's a dad who he's concerned about his son. And so he he says, David, can you go and check on your brothers? And here I've made some food. Here's some roasted grain and and some bread and some cheeses and take it and you'll give it to your brothers and the commander of the army and and just, you know, let, let me know how it's going. And I don't know about you, it's just, it's funny to me, the kind of food that he sends. You know what I'm saying? 
uh, it, you know, roasted grain. It's like all bran or something, I guess. I don't know. And, and some bread and some cheeses. You know, if I was in the army and I was a soldier, I'd be like, hey, Dad, can you send some, you know, beef jerky and some protein powder and some C4 nitroblast, you know, workout boosters. I want to get ripped and pumped, you know, to fight as a soldier. And instead, they get little cheeses and some little breads and some multigrain roasted, you know. Just kind of weird. I, I don't know. But maybe that was considered big stuff back then. Jesse sends David to go deliver this. And when he finally reaches the camp, the moment he reaches the camp, he happens to arrive when the two armies were gathering at their battle lines to face each other. So he sees this, and he quickly leaves his things with the keeper of the supplies, and he runs down to the battlefront, and he, and he looks for his brothers. He finds his brothers. He's like, hey, guys. And they're like, David, what are you doing here? And he says, like, I brought you some cheeses and some multigrain and some bread. And they're like, great, Dad sent that again. That's super awesome. And, and, and they're talking there. Well, at that moment, guess who stomps out into the battlefront? Mr. Goliath. And he begins to taunt the Israelite army. Well, this time, when Goliath comes out and shouts out his defiance to the Israelite army, rather than stand their ground, guess what the Israelite soldiers do? They run. They run back to their camps in fear. After 40 days of facing this guy, their hearts were melted with fear, and they would just crumble when Goliath would show his face. After 40 days... Goliath had beaten literally every little bit of courage they had right out of them. And they were terrified. Now David, he's standing here and he's seeing all of this and he sees this big guy come out and and taunt Israel and and then he sees all the soldiers run and this kind of upsets him, this kind of ticks him off. And, And look at what he says. He goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? In other words, he's saying, how dare this guy stand up here and defy the armies of the living God? Now, I want to stop here for a second. I want us to notice something. Because all along in this story, we're being told that this is Saul's army. They were fighting for Saul. This was, these were Saul's soldiers. And, and Goliath stood up there day in and out, day out, and he defied Saul's army. But David understands something that many, if not all the soldiers, had failed to understand. Can anybody tell me what that is? It was God's army. This army belonged to the God of Israel. So, tell me why, so in all reality, who was Goliath defying? He was defying God, not Saul. Goliath was taunting and ridiculing and mocking and making fun of the God of Israel, not Saul. And I want to just stop there and tell you the same thing. Whatever it is that you're facing in this life, whatever Goliath it is, that the enemy is taunting you with, making fun of you with, beating you down with, whatever it is, you need to understand something. What the enemy is actually doing is he's taunting your God. He is taunting our unseen God and he's trying to literally tell you that your God isn't big enough, that your God isn't strong enough, that your God isn't powerful enough, that your God doesn't care enough. The enemy is trying to tell you that your God is powerless to do anything. The enemy is really coming after God, not us. 
He wants you to believe that God is powerless and unable to do anything in your situation. That's what the enemy's trying to do. And you need to see that. You need to understand that. You need to see the big picture. David did. David saw the big picture. And you want to know why? Because he believed in the reality of his unseen God. And he knew God was at work. David is a man of faith. And he knows God is here. And he understands that Goliath wasn't really defying the people. He was defying the armies of the living God. Goliath was making an assault on the God of Israel. And this was serious business to David. He did not like that. And he's upset that no one's doing anything about it. And so he goes around the camp and he's asking people about it. How, how is this happening? Why is this happening? Well, word eventually gets to King Saul that there is somebody who might be willing to fight this Goliath guy. So Saul calls this guy, David, to come into his ranks. And so David comes into King Saul's quarters. And David says this to them. I love this. He goes, hey, King Saul, let no one lose hard on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. I love this. It's like he's saying, hey, hey, King Saul, don't be discouraged because of this Goliath guy. Don't worry about it anymore. I got this. I'll go and fight this guy. I love how confident he is. And in a bit, you're going to see why he's so confident. But look at how King Saul answers him. Pay attention to this. Saul replied, he says, you're not able to fight, to go out and fight against this Philistine. You're only a boy. And he's been fighting, he's been a fighting man from his youth. David, you're just a boy. You can't do this. Look at your size. Look at his size. You're just a boy with no fighting skills. He's been fighting since he was a kid. This guy is huge. You're not so huge. And, and King Saul focuses on his size. He focuses on his age. He focuses on his lack of experience. Now, tell me, guys, does King Saul have a point? Yes, he does. But tell me, what is King Saul focusing on? The seen world. He's focusing on what you can see. And when you compare it to Goliath, David really doesn't have a chance. Something you will notice about people who aren't walking by faith is that they will always focus on what you can see. Faithless people only focus on the visible. And that's exactly what Saul is doing here. Well, let's see how David responds. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. I love how David responds here. He says, listen, King Saul, I know what you think. I know you're thinking that I'm too wimpy, right? I'm not good enough, right? That's what you're thinking. Well, let me explain to you something. I watch my father's sheep. And I can imagine King Saul going, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly, you watch sheep. 
And David's like, no, 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 I do take care of my father's sheep. But one time a lion came and it took one of my sheep. And I ran after this lion and I grabbed the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I grabbed it by its hair and I beat it down and I killed it. And one day a bear came and it grabbed one of my sheep and I ran after it. And I pulled the sheep from its mouth and rescued it and it turned on me and I beat it down and I killed it. I killed a lion and a bear. But notice how David ends telling this story. He says this, and I want you to pay attention to this because this will show you what an incredible man of faith David was. Verse 37, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Tell me, third service, according to David, who delivered him from the lion and the bear? The Lord did. It wasn't his strength or his fighting skills. It was God who delivered him. And I want you to pay attention to that because people living by faith will always give glory to God in all things and they won't take credit for themselves. You see, it would have been easy for David to take credit for killing that lion and that bear with his own bare hands. It would have for him to just brag about that. But he didn't. And and, and you know what? I'd love to be able to say that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, I mean, I killed a lion once. I just had a time I grabbed by the hair and I beat it down. All you little hunters need guns and stuff, but I just did it with my own bare hands. And a bear, I did that too. Grizzly, it was awesome. That'd be awesome to brag about that. But David didn't do that. He said God did it. And so David, he naturally believes that if God can deliver him from a lion and a bear, then by all means he can deliver him from a Philistine warrior. God will fight for him. And that's what he believes. And that's what he tells King Saul. It's like David is saying, I know you think I'm too weak. I know you think I'm too small. I know you think I'm too inexperienced. And guess what, King Saul? You're right. I am all of those things. But my God isn't. My God will take this little Philistine and flick him down. My God will fight for me. Okay, Saul? God and me can do this together. God is working and I want to join him in what he is doing. That essentially is what David is telling King Saul. So King Saul says this to David. He says, go. Go. And may God be with you. May the Lord be with you. Saul really can't argue with him. He, he basically realizes that David's theology is correct. If God can do that, then he can do this. So he lets him go to fight. But then Saul was like, okay, David, you can go and may God be with you, but you got to wear my armor and my helmet and, and, and my sword. And it's almost like he's saying, yeah, David, go and may the Lord be with you, but you need the protection of my armor and my sword. Once again, he's focusing on the seen world. And so he puts the coat of armor on, on David and the, you know, the helmet and they strap the sword around him and David's kind of walking around like, man, I, this is weird. I'm not used to this. I can't wear this. And he tells King Saul, he says, I, I can't do this. And, you know, this is, this is too weird. I'm not used to this. I, I can't go to fight like this. Remember, King Saul, God is my sword and my protector. I don't need this stuff. So he takes it off. Verse 40, it says, Then he took 
his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones from the stream, and he put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. He grabs his little staff and his sling. And I love this. This is all he goes with. He has this little stick. And I know this is an electric cord, but use your imagination, third service. (laughs) And he walks down to the stream, and how many stones does he pick up? Five stones. And and have you ever thought, why did he pick up five stones? I mean, why five? I mean, if if I were David, and I'm fighting this giant, I'd bring like 30 or 40 stones. I'd be like, in case I miss, or, you know, I want to hit him with multiple shots. I want to do a shotgun blast. I mean, why five? Anybody have some ideas? Kids, what do you think? Adults, what do you think? Because he trusted God? Because he trusted God? What was that one over there? Because Goliath had four other brothers. You know what? Scripture does not tell us the answer to this question, but it very well could be that they had told David that, hey, Goliath has four other brothers, just so you know, if you beat this guy, they're going to come after you. And so David's like, okay, well, I'll bring four other stones. And he's out there. He's like, if I take Goliath down, and the brother's like, hey, you killed my brother. Whoosh, I'll take him down. Hey, you killed my two brothers. Whoosh, I'll take him down. Hey, you killed my three brothers. Whoosh, take him down. Hey, you, whoosh, you take him down. All I need is five. Now, we don't know, but he went down and he picked up five stones. And as he's walking there, you know, look at what it it says there. Goliath sees him coming, and and check out what it says, verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bear in front of him kept coming closer to David. And he looked David over, and he saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome. And I don't know why that's in there. I just think that's funny. That he's just like, while he's looking at David, he's like, he's a good-looking little boy. Pretty handsome dude. I don't know why that detail's in there, but he he did that. And it says, he despised him, and he said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said. I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Goliath is insulted that Israel would send out a boy to fight him. So he basically curses David. How? By his gods. Notice he he curses David by his gods. You see, Goliath is fighting on behalf of his gods. And his gods are demonic, satanic, evil gods that are dead set against the God of Israel. And you see, there's something bigger going on here in the unseen world. And make sure you keep that in mind. Goliath's gods are, are wanting to beat down the God of Israel. And so Goliath says to David, he says, boy, I'm going to pummel you. I'm going to take you down to Chinatown. And I'm going to kill you and I'm going to feed you to the buzzards. He is enraged and he is ready to send this boy to his death. Now I want to stop here. And I want you to just picture yourself being in David's shoes. You got this little stick and this little sling And this guy just says, I am going to beat you down. And this giant of this man comes at you. What do you do? What are you feeling? Do you go, oh my, what have I got myself into? And run for your life? Do you get down on your knees and beg for forgiveness and mercy? What do you do? 
Well, let's see what David does. Verse 45, David said to the Philistine, and he's just a boy, so he probably had a little crackly voice. You come against me. You know, I don't know. His voice might have been cracking. But he says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day, the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head. Today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. What does David do? He ticks Goliath off even more. He basically says, bring it on, big boy. You're going down. But there's some amazing things that David says here that we could spend three sermons on, but I'm just going to gloss over them. But pay attention here. Notice David sees the big picture. He, he knows that this isn't just some little battle between a little boy and a giant. This is a fight between the God of Israel and the evil demonic gods of the Philistines. And David knows whose God is more powerful. David knows that the God of Israel is all powerful that he's the god of this universe there is none like him he is the i am that i am he is yahweh so in all confidence he says listen big dog you may come at me with all your little pretty weapons your bronze sword and your 15 pound spearhead and your javelin and your 126 pound coat of armor but i come against you in the name of the lord almighty the god of the armies of israel whom you goliath have chosen to defy so just so you know, today I will kill you and I will cut off your head. And when I'm done, everyone will know that there is a God in Israel. David is living and acting and fighting by faith here. He's believing in the unseen reality of God and he knows what God is doing and he's joining God in doing it and they're doing this together. But David is giving God all the glory. And as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line. Does that look like a scared little boy? Not at all. He's running toward the battle line to meet him, confident that his Lord is fighting for him. He runs toward Goliath and reaching into his bag, he takes out a stone and he starts to whip it and he slung it. And he struck the Philistine on the forehead and the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down. I mean, he runs out and he's like, whoosh. Now, tell me guys, if a stone comes out of a sling that's whipping along and it hits you in the forehead, what direction do you think you'd fall? You'd fall backward, kind of like this picture, right? If something hits you here, it'd be like, Ding. which direction did he actually fall? Face down, right? Forward. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I like to picture this because God and David are doing this together. David let the stone come out of his sling and I can picture God just going, <laughs> knock him over. Let's read verse 50. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine 
and killed him. And let me ask you, Whitestone, how was David able to do this? Because God fought for him. Guys, here's the deal. People living by faith understand that God fights for them. And guys, I know there are some of you here today who you're facing your Goliath. You're facing him today. And I know how you feel. I know, I know the emotions that wash over you. you. You feel alone in this fight. You feel like you've been abandoned by God. You feel like the enemy is stronger and bigger and tougher and more powerful and impossible to overcome. And, and like the Israelite army, whenever the enemy rears his ugly head, you want to run and just hide for cover. You feel scared and you feel alone. And it's one of the most loneliest places to be. But I want you to hear me this morning. And I ask God that He would open your ears and allow you to hear in your heart and your mind what I'm about, what I'm about to say. Listen to this. You are not alone in this fight. You're not alone in this fight. God fights for you. Amen? God fights for you. And your God is the God of this universe. He is God Almighty. He is the I am that I am, the Yahweh. And guys, today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that, I encourage you to be like David and to stand up to your enemy and say this, Satan, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. You come against me with pain and disease and the threat of death. You come against me with discouragement and fear and intimidation. You come against me with accusations that I'm a loser, that I'm a failure, and that I'm worth nothing. You come against me with all those things. But I know you're not just coming against me. You're coming against my God. You are defying my God. So yeah, you can come at me with all those things, but know this, Satan. I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day, the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down, and I will cut off your head. Pain, I will cut off your head. Disease, I will cut off your head. Discouragement, I will cut off your head. Fear, I will cut off your head. Intimidation, I will cut off your head. Worthlessness, I will cut off your head. And today, the whole world will know that I serve the almighty God of Israel. Amen? Whitestone, we serve an amazing Amazing God. We can't see him. But please, please, please know that he's here. And he's at work amongst us. He's at work amongst us. Amen? Isn't that cool to know? Let's join him. And let's be men and women and boys and girls of faith. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this story. God, I know it's a story we've heard a thousand times before but it's still just as true as the first time we heard it. And God, You have not changed. You're the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And God, I know we can't see You, but You are here. And You have not left us. You have not abandoned us. You fight for us. 
And God, I pray for everyone in this room who right now they are facing down their Goliath. May they realize that in the unseen realm, you stand right there with them. And that the enemy is really coming after you, not them. He's trying to accuse you. He's trying to defy you and get them to believe his lies. God, I pray that we might acknowledge your presence. We might live with that reality day in and day out. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.